Hello, you have reached the Gator Alley. We are standing in the yard and we are going to talk some music and some positivity for a change. All right. I was asked on an email to name off my favorite, my top 10, if I can. And my top 10 favorite guitarists go between the 60s, 70s, and, you know, 80s, of course. Uh, in the 90s, it was like they called themselves masters, and they knew three chords, and that was it. And I we used to laugh at them guys. But anyway, even though their, their music was pounding us in the ground because, you know, they wanted to change the industry and didn't understand we wasn't ready for the industry to be changed, but they was doing it because of Alan Tipper Gore. But anyway... With that aside, uh, my favorite guitarist of all time, number one would definitely be Richie Blackmore. Number two would be Randy Rhodes. Number three would be, um, you know, Phil Collin, Vivian Campbell, number four. And number five would be like, uh, let's see, John Sykes. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, Jakey e. Lee. You know, I really dig Jake's stuff, and he don't never get the praise he deserves. Also, another great guitarist that was one of my favorites was uh, Warren Demartini. Uh, and he was from Rat, and he also played with White Snake and other bands as well. I also like uh, Doug Aldrich. Um, you know, that, that George Lynch, I think I already said him, Vay. Um, you know, but Lynch, he, he's just incredible. Um, Michael Sweet, I really liked him from Striper. And uh, Alex Skolnick, loved him from Testament. And, uh, you know, Dave Mustaine, I think Dave Mustaine, if he would have, well, it's none of my business, but uh, things could have worked out differently if David decided to play the cards differently. He could have been like the guitar guy. Um, he's that talented. I mean, he's really great. Um, far better than Hatfield, far better than Kurt Hammock, you know. Way, I mean, way out of their league. But I was I was also always a KISS fan. Now, people disagree with me, and I would love to hear your feedback. So you can reach me at, and this is my personal email. Um, so hit me up at gibbsjeff1970 at gmail.com. There's, there's how you reach me. I've said that before, and some people have been reaching out to me, asking me questions, and I'm answering them right now, and I will answer your questions, um, as long as it's music-related and t within good taste. But anyway, one of the bands that always shocked me was like Iron Maiden. They got absolutely no airplay. If they got any airplay, it was 3 in the morning when everybody was in the bed. You know, and somebody had to personally request it that was friends with the DJ to get it on the air. And um, they 
even though they got no airplay, they had no publicity here, their merch was so wicked that everybody bought it. Everybody knew who they were. People went out and bought their albums, like Power Slave and all them. I mean, they had some great, great albums. Uh, oh, my God, the 80s stuff just, I mean, that set them apart from everybody. They were like the first, in my opinion, Metallica um, was Iron Maiden. Now, with that being said, uh, you know, they, they would sell out Long Beach Arena three nights in a row and not even have no airplay. Now, tell me that's not impressive. Long Beach Arena back in the 80s, if you, if you could pack out Long Beach Arena, you made it. If you couldn't, you had some work to do. We also had some great bands in the 80s like, um, let's talk about the girl bands. You know, we had the Runaways in the 70s, uh, late 70s, early 80s. Then it went to Joan Jett and Blackhearts. Lita Ford went with Ozzy, did uh, If I Close My Eyes Forever. Joan Jett did several hits. And I had like the biggest crush on her as a child. Uh, you know, that was like the most beautiful woman in the world, um, you know, bar none to me was Joan Jett. But anyway, <laughs> over that, um, I also followed Warlock and Vixen when they came out. They were very impressive. Had some great songs, great hits, strong, strong, strong band. Um, lost their guitarist uh, uh, due to ovarian cancer, unfortunately. But, um, you know, there were some other ones like Soraya. You know, she came out. She was like a one-hit wonder. Love is taking its toll. Great song. Um, she's a mother now. Has no interest in the, in the industry no more, which is, in my opinion, a shame. Because even if you've had one hit, you know what it takes to make it. And you can help others behind you do that. And somewhere along the line, our generation got so stuck up and selfish that we, we forgot to do that. We forgot to bring the next generation along. Uh, the way the generation before us did. You know, look at how many people, Richie Blackmore, Ronnie James Dio, Ozzy Osbourne, Black Sabbath, um, you know, how they all helped. But when it came to the days of Motley Crue, it was all about Motley Crue. You know, I still remember the the big beef between Motley Crue and, uh, you know, Guns N' Roses, you know, and, and there was other beefs between other bands. And it was like, what the hell's going on? Why, why is everybody all of a sudden having beefs, you know? Um, Robin Crosby from Rat, that was a huge loss, and he is one of my favorite guitarists as well. Um, extremely good guitarist, played great lead, but was an awesome rhythm player. I mean, to me, he was Rat's Malcolm from you know, like if you compared Rat to ACDC for a brief moment even though they wasn't the same genre because one was hair metal, the other was definitely straight-up hardcore rock and roll. But if you compare them for a moment, you know, I, I would honestly have to say that Malcolm was probably in the top three best rhythm guitarists of all time. And I really look at Crosby that strongly too with Rat. He was he was just a phenomenal rhythm player, and you have to be man to um, 
you know, go along with, uh, you know, to play along with with Warren Demartini, I mean, he's not an easy act to follow. You know, he has fingerings like Jakey Lee because he was trained by Jakey Lee on a couch on how to play what he had done with Rat. So, Jake goes to Ozzy, Warren goes to Rat, and, you know, L.A. shifts. So, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and cut this segment. There will be another one to follow it. Uh, we're going to start staying on the music thing. In Ohio, we are we are going to start Defiance Illusion, and my channel are going to combine and start a uh, a television network for our style music. So, um, you know, I'll put in some links for you, and maybe you guys can pipe in and really enjoy it. Um, you know, I can't say no names what it'll be like, but you know, anybody from my day knows what I'm talking about. It'll be very similar to that time again. And, uh, you know, we'll be sitting around the garage and talking about things, uh, you know, that used to take place and the stories that were told and how everything used to go and the money that used to, you know, shift hands and how, uh, you know, people were touchable, untouchable and all this kind of stuff. You know, the whole A to Z thing, you know, the Moscow Peace Festival, we're going to cover that. You know, we're going to cover it all, baby. Uh, just stay tuned to the Gator Alley. Check it, you know, and I'll start doing these blogs a lot more. I'm going to start doing uh, up to three or four a week. So uh, please stay tuned and hit me up on the link. Gibbs, G-I-B-B-S, Jeff, J-E-F-F, 1970 at Gmail. Hit me up. Let me know what you want to know about that genre of music. And I'll be more than happy if I don't know the answer. I'll try to find out. If I can't find out, I'll just be honest about it. I'm not going to lie to you. So just, uh, you know, hit me up and let me know. And another guy that you need to follow is Eddie Trunk. Eddie Trunk is a very, very knowledgeable person about the time that I'm talking about as well. So, with that being said, God bless y'all. This is Gator Nation signing off. Dayton Strong. Keep it real. Keep it right. Stay out of the trouble. Don't be fighting. Y'all take care. Love y'all. Good night. God bless. God bless the U.S. Bye.